Hey guys, GBC podcast number 49. I'm Courtney Weiss. I'm Shane Blankenship. Shane, we're almost halfway to our goal. Yep, one more and we are halfway there. I'm pretty excited that we, um, with both of our hectic schedules, have kind of like stayed the course because I really enjoy it. Um, uh, absolutely. And I think the, the people that listen, I think they like it too. Well, hopefully you'll like today's podcast. Um, I have personally really liked your balance series mm-hmm. um, and it it's just so applicable, but especially to what we're talking about today with parenting, mm-hmm. it's such a balancing act, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. At no, all. it's not. And I think both of us are in a really hard stage with our kids ages, just how young they are and, um, just the, how obstinate they can be, um, at that young age, you know, mm-hmm. and I find it to be really frustrating and I find that it brings out the worst in me. <laughs> yeah, it feels like you do a lot more yelling than you do anything mm-hmm. um, or a lot more saying no um, and stop it and quit. And, you know, did you not just hear what I said um, more, <laughs> more than anything? Yeah. Um, you were standing right there. I know that you heard me kind of. Yeah, it's a it can. It's so frustrating. Um, and I think um, if we're not careful, it can be so discouraging. Um, at the same time, and we've become discouraged by our own shortfalls and our own failures. And yeah, it's, uh, it, it is not easy to do. And by no means um, would I proclaim to be the best parent in the world and got this thing figured out because I'm learning um, quite a bit. On the go. Um, yep. And um, luckily, I've got the perspective uh, from a lot of failures in life um, that, um, <laughs> that it takes failing a lot to become wise at a thing and yeah. to become good at a thing and that we learn from our mistakes. So you know, uh, that's, that's my hope in parenting is that, um, I mess up a lot and hopefully I'm getting better at it because of that. And, um, Marshall's going to be really awesome because he messes up all the time and I feel like I'm correcting him and making him wise. Um, but man, Patton is going to be really set up for success because if I can mess up with Marshall and Bailey, then hopefully on my number three kid, the like, they've got a shot at being a president or something. Or you'll just be too so tired. It won't even matter. Yeah, right. But I think, was it Michael Jordan that said, um, I'm going to fail enough times to be good. I don't really know who Uh, said it. I'm not sure, but sure, yeah. But um, that's that's exactly... (laughs) Sounds like something Michael would say. Yeah, it's exactly how you feel, though, because, you know, I I get up every morning and, you know, I'm I'm praying and I'm I'm like, God, please just give me what I need. Because I don't know about you, Shane, but I'm not a very good referee. (laughs) Um, I'm not someone that can, like, call the shots really fast. Even when I coach CrossFit and Mm. we are coaching a difficult movement. Yeah. Someone, I'll watch the first one and they'll fail Mm -hmm. or it'll look really bad. But Uh I'll let them do it one or two more times before I can say, I know what you're doing. Yeah. It just takes me a minute. Some people are really quick. Oh, uh uh-uh. I know know what you're doing. Let me help you. Right. I am not that person. (laughs) It's going to take me a minute. And I don't want to say the wrong thing. Do you know? And then they fix that thing and then the whole thing's not fixed. Yeah. Same thing with parenting. I'm like. Hayden hit who, and then Hudson did what, and then Harper did wh- what? Like I, it just takes a lot for me. So, so I guess I guess when I'm praying, I'm a terrible referee, and so I'm just constantly, like God, give me what I need for today mm. to be the best mom that I can be. And I, I think I have to rest in that, that in and trust that He does give me even even when I feel. I mean, even when I'm yelling, you mm-hmm. know, I'm like, it doesn't mean that He hasn't given me what I need. I just feel like it is because it's it feels like a lot the refereeing and the the crying i mean yesterday harper was crying because hayden walked into her bedroom i'm like why are you losing your mind over this like are you being serious you know it's a lot of that and i guess when i pray i have to trust that he is giving me exactly what i need for the situation of the day yeah 
Yep, that makes perfect sense to me. And um, I th- one of the things that's, that's that has become helpful for me, I think, from a just from a parenting perspective and trying to be better at parenting, um, is there are certainly stages in our life where we're going to do a lot of correcting, um, and um, you know, and correcting with our with our kids. And it's necessary and it's important, right? I think it's important for them to grow up and to be, you know, um, good human beings and um, certainly followers of, of Christ. Like, you, you, can't, you can't let things go uncorrecting for the sake of, quote, love, right? Um, yeah. You know, we say nothing because we don't want to be unloving or unkind, but sometimes to say nothing is very unloving and it's very unkind. Um, no, and it's so, so true. You know, and, so it, true. and it may not feel like it in the moment um, because we're saying it loud. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's necessary. And I think sometimes, you know, what love looks like and what kindness looks like and what compassion looks like is not, you know, our idea of what it should look like sometimes, but it's still kind and it's still loving and it's still compassion, compassionate. Um, so, I, mean, I think it's important to hold that into perspective because it will become a stage when we don't have to do as much correcting, but we can coach. Um, and there's a shift of correcting movements and coaching. Um, think about it in the in, in CrossFit since we kind of leaned into that. So yesterday I'm coaching um, the 8:30 class. There's a guy there who's pretty much brand new. I think he said he started on Monday, um, and so and then he didn't come on Tuesday, but he came yesterday. <laughs> and when we're talking new, I'm talking brand, brand freaking new. new. Yeah, like this guy don't know anything, um, and so. Um, so, you know, a clean and jerk was like, that's like, it, it looked horrible. Um, and you, you know, trying to demonstrate a movement and then watch somebody go through it. Like there's so much correction that needs to be done. Meanwhile, the four other women that are at the eight of 30 class, like they're, you know, they're regular. <laughs> so they, they know what they're doing. Um, so it was kind of funny. Like I was getting them ready for the warm up part of the workout and um I was like, hey, we're gonna do this. And so I had to I had to stop and do like coaching slash correcting all at the same time with the new guy. Um while the four ladies um was kind of getting their stuff and then of course once they got their stuff set up, I'd already kind of demonstrated what the warm up was going to be. And they just started getting warmed up by themselves. Like they took the initiative to like, all right, let's go ahead and start warming yeah, yeah. up. He's gonna be a minute. Because they know that is exactly right. So but it was correcting everything. Whereas with those four ladies, like even during the workout, I don't have to correct anything. I just have to coach, coach. it. Yeah. You know, I, throw a few reminders out there. Um, get, you know, uh, round one of this five round workout. Um, you know, I was, I was coaching it from the get go of don't go out so hot, you know, um, you pace yourself. You got way more time than you think you do, but if you, blow, you know, if you go out of this thing super fast and super hot, you're going to get your heart rate up and you'll never get it under control and it's going to kick your butt the rest of the, the, the wide. Um, so anyway, so that they get going on that and round one starts and I'm watching the time and they're pretty much, you know, it was two movements, the clean and jerk and then burpees, um, burpee box jump overs. And I kind of had set it up for them. Like we want to get all of our work done in a minute and 30 seconds because you get a minute and 30 seconds of rest in between the rounds. Right. Um, so, you know, they're one minute in. And almost halfway done with their burpee. So they're on like a one minute and five second pace at this point, <laughs> you know, one minute, 10 second pace. And so like, I, I, like I, I woke them up, I coached them to that and saying, Hey, you're moving way too fast. Mm-hmm. You've got more time than you think you've got. You can slow down. So there's a coaching, yeah. but with the new guy, it's like, Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Like correcting feet, correcting, you know, correcting his back um, position, um, c- correcting his, um, 
you know, yeah. being back, able to shoulders be, up, hip yeah, like all this yeah. kind of stuff. So totally. you know, there's a difference between correcting and coaching. Both of them are necessary. Sometimes we can do them simultaneously. So anyways, long little CrossFit story there, I think, to illustrate a point that I think that we do that in life, right? We do that with our kids. We do that, um, we do that in faith. We do that in so many other areas. But both are necessary. They just may be necessary at different stages. And to forsake the correction because the coaching feels more loving or more kind or more compassionate it would be detrimental to faith, would be detrimental to their development. Um, it wouldn't be helpful at all. And 10 years from now, it would be such an unloving thing to have done. Well, yes. And I think you, you said it earlier, but you're like, I want to be the kind of parent when my kids want to come back and hang out with mm-hmm. me. You know, and I think that you can't create that kind of kid that wants to come back and hang out with you unless you've done all the correction. And so yep. it's grueling. You know, it feels like a workout every mm-hmm. day. You know, men, a mental... Sometimes it's physical, you know, just you're so tired of yelling or saying the same thing over and over and over again. So I really like your correcting versus coaching. And maybe, you know, someday we'll get into the coaching and I think we'll both be better at that. <laughs> the correcting is is difficult. But also, like, um, like I, when I talk to my kids, I'm like, you know, you're in a safe space because, mo- I mean, like, mommy loves you. Like, uh-huh. I love you so much. Like, there's nothing that you could do that would make mommy not love you. And I was like, but you produced a, a reaction in me when you did that. And I get really upset. I get really upset when I have to tell you 10 times that something's on the floor when I really should have just told you once, like, hey, someone could trip over that. It's right in the middle of the doorway. Can you pick that up, please? Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, to, to your point, like, if I pick it up all the time, like, they're never going to learn to pick up their stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I guess, I guess I, as you were talking, I was thinking, like, action, reaction, and sometimes their brains are just not developed enough to understand that. But I think it's like a layering process. Mm-hmm. It's like someday they're going to get it. That yep. their whatever behavior they've chosen in the moment has created a reaction out of this this person that loves me the most. So gosh, if that if I can create a reaction like that <laughs> out of the person that loves me the most, like imagine in the real world what what it's going to be like. And I I'm hoping that at some point that sinks in, but I'll tell you I do carry around a little bit of guilt with me, a lot of guilt. <laughs> Because I'm, I I do yell. And I, yeah. I, t- I tell them, I'm like, you know, God didn't create me to be this, like, yelling, raving, lunatic person that you <laughs> right. live with. You know, right. um, pretty, I think I'm laid back. I mean, I know I'm hyper, but I'm, I'm laid back in the sense that I'm like, I mean, it's fine. Everything's fine. Um, so I get really frustrated with myself that I can't keep my tone under control. Mm-hmm. And I, I think sometimes that doesn't produce the most loving environment Mm -hmm. and I want to create that Mm -hmm. for my kids. And so I struggle with like the balance of being like loving and kind and just being like, dude, you got to pick up your freaking shoes, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, Well, figuring out um, a different way to do it, I think is something that we got to lean into and press it, you know, because it's, it's that whole, um, it's the, uh, I'm trying to think of the expression, um, the, you know what's the the definition of uh, insanity? Insanity. Yeah. It's you know doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different result. Well, I guess I'm insane. Um, you know, and so we we want something different, but we don't do something different. Yeah. You know, we expect a different outcome, or we 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 you know we would like to see a different outcome, but we don't change anything about our input. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't change the input, then you're going to get the same outcome over and over again. So we got to figure out different ways to you know do the input differently. Um, and I think that that takes some time and some effort and, you know, you know, all right, 
can I figure out a better way to correct this? Or can, can we figure out a different way to do this? Or can we figure out something that's going to work differently? Um, well, and you have to do it. You've got three kids too. So yeah. what works for Marshall is not going to work for Bailey. That's not right. Not going to work for Patton. That's right. The comp- you know, complete different personalities and trying to figure out things. This is a very simple thing. Um, you know, I feel like it's always a fight with Marshall to eat. Um, and to eat at dinner time, um, the kid's a grazer, um, so yeah. he'll graze. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, um, but it's a little frustrating. It can, oh, it can be certainly frustrating, and it can certainly be frustrating if the grazing is, um, you know, potato chips and Bars, yes. But at the same time, like, well, we, I guess we could limit him on that, or we could just say no, and it's going to take him off, and we're going to have a fight about it. But we could limit that, and then he would eat during dinner time and lunchtime or whatever. Um, so, but thinking through those things, but like one of the things that we've learned recently is kind of like, you know, uh, turning it into a game, um, almost with him. Um, and if there's a, if there is a purpose behind eating other than just eating, um, and it becomes a game for him to, to be able to eat, then like he'll participate in the game, yeah. you know? Um, so changing up the format, changing up the style, I guess, like we do the same thing to Hayden. Yeah. We are like, um, there's, I'll be like, Kyle, there's no way he can eat all his macaroni and cheese. And <laughs> right. so Kyle will even take some off his plate and be like, yeah, there's no way you're going to eat this. So daddy's going to eat it. And then he wants to eat the whole thing. Yeah. But I don't know about you. I'm tired of playing games. Eat your dang macaroni and cheese. <laughs> right, yeah. And I do think it can, it, well, yeah, it certainly it becomes frustrating. And uh, it's part of that phase though, right? I think it's part of the whole, the whole parenting. And there's an expression, uh, don't make a, a mountain out of the mohill. Uh, and I think that we all have a tendency to make mountains out of molehills all the time. All the time. Um, and so then we get caught up in the details, right? Mm-hmm. And so to speak back to the, to, to the um, you know, we feel horrible about, you know, yelling all the time or whatever, you know. And I'm not condoning yelling all the time by any means <laughs> I'm saying that. I'm just using this as an example. Um, like we feel guilty about it or, you know. I don't like being this way. I hate being this way. I think that we get that way sometimes because we get caught up in the details and we get focused on details and the devil's in the details, right? And we get distracted by the details because we we start becoming focused on something. It's It's just a tertiary thing. It's a secondary thing. It's not the thing that ultimately matters. And I think that if we can, from a parenting perspective, I think that if we can hold the things in focus that really, really matter, like what's most important, and try to resist the urge to get caught up in the details, that maybe we end up being better parents. For example, instead of getting caught up in the detail of how much you had to yell at the kids that day to get them to listen or to mind or whatever, and to hold into perspective that you were present, presence is powerful. Yeah. You know? Um, something that we were talking about earlier this is actually the second time we've recorded this podcast the first one got um um it got stopped right in the middle of it so yeah so we're just um we're we're re-recording the whole thing but um like i was thinking about like the dad um or the mom that grew up and you know rule with an iron fist and the, the you know the kid walked away and is resentful and so since i brought that example up and you know and the, the first time we tried to record this now i'm thinking back through it and i think you know what's the difference between that one and you know the parent that did discipline and did correct their kids but their kids didn't grow up resenting them yeah. um, and hating them for it and i just wonder if part of it's his presence mm-hmm. you know like I'm going to receive correction 
me personally, Shane Blankenship, I'm going to receive correction. We've talked about this. Maybe the last time we did a podcast from someone that I love, that I respect, that I care about, that I have a relationship with way more than I'm going to receive any correction. If I receive anything at all from some body that I don't have respect for or that I don't care about um, those, you know, um, well, you don't have relationships with people that you don't know, that you don't spend time with, that you, um, you know, that you aren't invested in. So someone that I'm invested in, someone who's invested in me, man, I'm going to consider what they have to say way more valuable just because of the time, mm-hmm. whether it's corrective or encouraging or whatever. So I think from our children's perspective, um, if you're never there and all your and when you're there. Um, is always ruling with our iron fist and all that's ever happening is correction and no and you know whatever it's just you know that controlling kind of environment well then that's probably where the resentment comes from but man if I'm if I'm there for my kids and that's not all of our moments like that may be the consuming moments right now in this stage of life but it's not all of our moments because I was at the the game, <laughs> you know, the the sports game that they're involved in or whatever it is that, you know, we've got our kids doing in life and taking up their time and, you know, all, all like, like we were there for those kinds of things and we were there for the school events and we were there for, um, you know, you know, we weren't absent and we were spending time with them at nighttime and we weren't on our phones um, while we were watching, you know, while they were watching a cartoon, but you were watching the cartoon with them um, and there with them and being with them and being present with them. Um, maybe that makes a difference in the end, you know, that there is something powerful about our presence that matters. It matters in the relationship. It matters in how they see us, perceive us, the content of that, um, of that relationship. So I think that's probably the difference maker. If we can keep that focus, then maybe that changes how we feel about ourselves when parenting's hard. Nope. It's a, it's a really, really good point. Um, especially when, um, you, you know, you know, you are on your phone and making plans and doing all the stuff and you may be making family plans, but you're definitely not, like you said, sitting there being present. And I do notice that my kids compete a lot less for the attention of the room or or whatever, when they've had like that Mm one-on-one or at least just like eyes on them for just a few, you know, minutes or whatever. Um, and I also have to tell myself that I know what well, you told me this too, um, that I know that the guilt and stuff doesn't come from God. Like yeah. I know that, you know, he, as soon as I say, God, I'm so sorry. Like I love my kids so much. I know there's such a gift, you know, I, yeah. I know that I'm, I know I'm forgiven and I know that I'm given another chance probably in five minutes to <laughs> do better, yeah. you know? And so when I look at it from that, like I'm being coached on how to coach, I'm being, um, what did you say? Corrected on how yeah. to, how to correct. And I just have to like try to keep that what is it 30,000 foot I always think that's wrong Um, the arrow of you yeah instead of like you said getting caught in in the details but just be like you know you said it's a sanctification process like it is a process Mm -hmm. it's not going to happen overnight Mm -hmm. and we're completely different people from 24 to you know 44 74 you know and so it's just like something that I'm going to have to learn how to shake off but I do I do feel guilty and I do um ask myself a lot like how can I create a more a more loving a more kind a more gentle 
environment for my kids to also be loving and kind and gentle with each other, sharing mm-hmm. toys, not letting Hayden go into their room, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, that's not very nice, but then I'm yelling it, you know? Yeah. So, well, I think uh, very simply, um, this is a very simple, um, but very hard application. Um, and you know, maybe we can talk more about it next time. Um, but I think that our best chance of creating that kind of environment our best hope for creating that kind of environment is following Jesus. Yeah. But like really following him, not checking boxes, Yeah. not a form of religion that's void of any power. But when that becomes like our focus, when that becomes the thing that's driving us to follow him, um, to follow Jesus, that relationship with him, um, that make that will make us better disciple makers. And because ultimately that's what we're doing with our kids, right? Is that yeah. we're making them disciples of Jesus. But when we're not good disciples ourselves, it's hard to make good disciples. Yeah. Um, we don't even, you know, understand discipleship ourselves. You definitely can't make disciples, you know. It becomes philosophical terms that we throw out there, but it's, it's not in any way a practice of our life. But I, I do think that we're able to create that Christ-like environment by following Christ, you know. And again, I know that's a very simple answer, but when you get into the weeds of that, then it has all kinds of implications. Implications, you know, it's it applies in so many different arenas and in, in every area and every way of life. But that's got to start somewhere, and I think ultimately that's what it's, what it's got to start with. But we're not focused on that, right? We're focused on getting through the week. You know, we're focused on the vacation that we're trying to plan to take next month. Um, we're focused on, I, you know, I've got six more weeks of work left and then um, I can take a break for a week. Like we get focused on crap like that, um, on a project that we've got coming up on work or an event that we're a part of or, you know, you name it or this, you know, you know, we're running this business or whatever. Like we get focused on these kinds of things or we're building a house right now and right now I'm focused on... Tile, um, carpet. Yeah, like... We focus on those kinds of things. Yeah. Those kinds of things end up consuming our heart, our mind, our soul, our attention, our per- everything. Um, and then it spills over into our, our life, and it spills over into the way we parent, and it spills over into our work ethic, and it spills over into all those things. Well, that's true of focusing on building a house or going on vacation or running a business or whatever. Don't you know it's true of following Jesus? That when we take the same exact concept and apply that to following Jesus, that it spills over. And then we become different kinds of parents. We become different kinds of employees. We become different kinds of you name it, right? Well, that was really convicting, preacher. <laughs> hey, that was better than our first go, I think. I know. Gosh, guys, we've had a, we've had a, a <laughs> rough um, last two podcasts. Well, I love it. I love I love this one more than the first one. So I'm really glad. Um, gives me something, you know, even, even more to think about. So I appreciate that. And, um, you're going to finish up the balance, um, series this Sunday, this Sunday, mm-hmm. and then we'll move on to something else. Right. Yep. I know you always have, you always have such good ideas. Okay, guys. Well, Hey, thanks for, thanks for listening. And we hope you show up to uh, church on Sunday. If you don't normally come. Yep. Hope to see you there. Bye. Bye.